It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and welcome you to the virtual bible study for thursday may 5th 2016 thank you for joining us on the program tonight my name is jacob gwynn my father greg gwynn is here hello dad jacob great to be with you tonight Good to uh, be back with you uh, back in the saddle again as they say we were off last week we actually took a vacation last week. We haven't done that in forever, but we did, we were both uh, away. Uh, actually, we were together and away, and we just decided we would take a break. But thankfully, uh, there were some people who noticed and contacted us to see if everything was okay. Because that's that's a that's a rare uh, situation for us to not put a program on the air. Uh, and a few people noticed that and and contacted us to see if everything was okay. Yep. It's good to be back uh, tonight, and uh, Kyle is back. Uh, Kyle was here last time we did this two weeks ago. Kyle, thank you for coming back tonight. Yeah, good to have you here, and um, look forward to the discussion tonight. Well, um, we've got a discussion. We may be a little bit late this year talking about a topic that I think really needs to be talked about, Jacob. We're going to talk about dancing. This is prom season. We're kind of late uh, hitting the prom season. I think a lot of the proms have already happened, but... A lot of Christians are tempted and and really feel uh, a draw. The young Christians, uh, high school juniors and seniors, uh, really feel drawn to the prom. You know, you gotta, what about the prom? You only have you only have a prom once in your life. You know, you're only a senior once, and all that kind of argumentation is offered. I've been hearing from some folks that there has been. Uh, uh, a good bit of input on Facebook. I don't do Facebook other than just I put an update on our uh, what our program is going to be, but I don't search Facebook and I don't read posts on Facebook. But I've been told that there's a, a, a disappointing number of Christians who are putting their prom pictures and uh, talking about their attendance at the prom. Uh, I think we're, we're really struggling as, as God's people to deal with this great temptation of dancing and specifically dancing at the prom but dancing in general so we thought it would be a topic we need to cover again we've covered it before on the virtual bible study but it seems like maybe we're sort of losing that battle pretty seriously losing that battle and need to talk about it again well, i think it's a indicative of a losing a battle of being distinct from the world in just in general yeah uh, the world's rubbing off on us you mentioned facebook i think it's probably a an avenue that the devil uses to get us to conform because it puts it in, he puts it in front of our faces. Everybody's doing it. It's okay. Yeah, you were saying earlier that you know Facebook discourages people who are trying to hold a moral line, uh, and but it but it serves as an encouragement to those who are looking to be a little slack. You know, others are doing it. Why can't I do it? You know, sort of mentality. Yep. So it, it I. I'm an anti-Facebook person, but I see that it, I think it's causing us some problems here. That, it, but it's just a different it's a different avenue for the same temptation that has been around 
But it advertises, it publicizes things. It's more in your face. Just like television was presenting the same old temptations but doing it more effectively, maybe Facebook is doing the same. Yeah. Uh, the idea that we need to be like everyone else. So we want to talk about dancing tonight and uh, find out if there are principles that should regulate our decision about going to the prom. Yeah, and as I, we enter into this discussion, Jacob, and I'm going to be talking more about this as we go along tonight, but as we enter into this discussion, I I really want to emphasize that I think we can be positive and definite about this. Uh, I think one of the things that's happened is that people who wouldn't be caught dead at a dance are saying, well, you know, maybe... You know, maybe you could, maybe you couldn't. You know, they're given an uncertain sound. And I, I think we got to stop that. I, you know, when, when we were talking several months ago about drinking, I'm very concerned about the, the mixed messages that, that are people who don't drink. They wouldn't drink. You couldn't make them drink if you tried. But they're given this mixed message. Well, yeah, but I'm not sure you can say it's absolutely wrong. They're, they're, they're doing the same thing with dancing. And you give that mixed message to young people, and I can guarantee what they're going to do. They're going to go to the dance. All right. Now, I can't find in my Bible the word prom. I can't find any, so I, so I can't find a condemnation of going to, to what you might call a prom. Uh, I can't find any condemnation even of explicit condemnation of dancing, where it says don't dance. Are we getting into uh, un, you know, for, for the forbidden water here to... Uh, that you, that you shouldn't do something? Are we crossing a line? I don't think so. I think we can be very definite about it. And, I, and hopefully in the course of our study tonight, we'll be able to prove that. All right. And uh, there are a lot of folks who get hung up on this idea that if you can't find an explicit condemnation of something, then it's not off limits. And uh, that's that couldn't be more false. Yeah. Uh, we've got to use the scriptures to make our decisions, find principles that uh, regulate the decisions we make. We'll look at those uh, tonight concerning dancing. All right, so earlier today to our update list, we sent out our update telling about our topic and asking some questions, seeking some feedback. Uh, this is what we sent out. If you're not on our email list, get on it by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Remember, College View is spelled funny, C-O-L-L-E-G-E-V-U-E. -E. Uh, Harold Comer used to say it's College View, not College View. But, uh, oh, okay. Um, College View, so it's questions at collegeview.com, uh, and just say add me to the list, and you'll get our update on Thursday, and here's what we ask. Number one, concerning dancing, give examples of dancing that was not sinful. I, I, I didn't say it, but I meant Bible examples of dancing that's not sinful. Give examples of dancing that was sinful. Um, number two, concerning dancing that's sinful, what makes it so? Well, if if you can say that there is there's such a thing as sinful dancing, why why is it? Because as you said, you can't find a, a statement where it says "Thou shalt not dance." So, so are there principles that we can use to definitely say certain kinds of dancing is sinful? And then number three, how would you advise a young person about dancing or attending the prom? What do you think about the idea of leaving it up to them to decide on the question of dancing? All right. So that's that's the way we want to go about this. All right. So you're going to get in, uh, into discussing the parents' role in this as the program goes on. And parents tell kid their kids don't go, or should they just leave it up to them to decide? Uh, you're going to go to the prom or not? Uh, so 
Good uh, discussion there. All right, we'll look forward to your comments in the chat room if you're signed in live on the program tonight, 877-381-4567, toll-free on the phone tonight. Questions at collegeview.com anytime that you're listening to this program live or in the podcast. Questions at collegeview.com. Look forward to hearing from you on this subject tonight. All right, concerning dancing, give examples of dancing that was not sinful in the Bible. Our friend Chris in Atlanta uh, was on almost exactly the same wavelength that I was and had almost all the same examples that I had written down. Uh, by the way, Chris sent us a picture of his car with his virtual Bible study sticker on the back window, and he says he's driving about Atlanta advertising for us. He says most of Atlanta traffic is bumper to bumper. He says it gives people lots of time to write down the web address. <laughs> but probably only one person gets to see it the whole way to work. And they're stuck on his bumper the whole way. But, uh, yeah, thanks, Chris, thanks, for, Chris. for the advertising. Yeah, he said, here's some examples that Chris gave. He says, in Exodus 15, beginning verse 20, the women danced to celebrate God's deliverance from Pharaoh's army. Okay. In 1 Samuel 18, 6, the women danced to celebrate David's victory. Uh, I think that was the, uh, especially in regards to the victory that he uh, evoked after killing Goliath. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Second Samuel 6, beginning verse 14, David himself danced. That's the dancing that got Michael all... She got kind of worked up face, about it, yeah. but there wasn't, any, there wasn't any indication there was anything wrong with what okay. he did. And then he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, where it says there's a time to do this, time to do that, you know, there's a time for this and a time for that. One of the things, I hadn't even thought about this, but one of the things that there's time for is a time for dancing. Yeah, that's a good one, Chris. Thanks for bringing uh, that out. And then Luke 15, uh, he talks about, actually this is in verse 25 on my list, I had verse 25, dancing when the prodigal son returned home mm. to his father. Interesting, yeah. And Jesus is the one who taught that. Yeah, so you, so, I, so yeah. you'd have to say if Jesus spoke of dancing in a favorable way, you, you, then I would agree with those who say you can't just say dancing, it's wrong. You just can't do that because there's there. Here's a number of examples. Let's see if I got anything different. Um, uh, I think, well, there, Jephthah's daughter danced in Judges 11, verse 34. Yeah. Then uh, I've got Psalm. I, I, I have to look this up now. I don't remember what I Psalm 149, verse 3. Let me look this up real quick. 149, verse 3. Yeah, all right. Five pages won't turn. 149, verse 3. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. So uh, there's a even... Uh, uh, yeah, the and then Testament, Psalm but. 150, verse 4. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and sure, organs. It looks like it's approved in the Old Testament. Some things there. Well, but also we've got, we've got that New Testament yeah, reference New Testament. Of, of Jesus yeah. uh, teaching on the prodigal son and episode. Now as his older son was in the field, as he, and his, as he came near and uh, came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. You know, that, he would, that would... Im- I think you can make the implication here Jesus wouldn't use that illustration. He wouldn't put in something that would be sinful in his parable. He heard music in fornication or music in shooting each other or whatever they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so, uh, I guess just, just to sort of summarize that, 
there's a number of statements about dancing in the Bible that would indicate that you can't make a blank condemnation of dancing because some dancing is not condemned. There's a, there's a kind of dancing uh, of celebration, of even a dancing of praise uh, that is not condemned. But there there is dancing that is condemned. And Chris and I had exactly both the same ones mentioned on his list and mine. In Exodus chapter 32, when the children of Israel had constructed the golden calf and were worshiping it, in Exodus 32 verse 19, it came to pass as soon as Moses came into the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burned it in fire and ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink it. Yeah. Clearly, the, this this dancing that they were doing there uh, was a was a lewd kind of dancing. Uh, let's see here. Connected to that play uh, that they were doing in verse six. Verse six, they they uh, sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And it wasn't softball that they were playing there. Yeah, uh, that uh, would. Uh, indicate some kind of uh, and then and then in verse 25 of chapter 32 Moses saw that the people were naked uh, for Aaron had made them naked unto the shame unto their shame among their enemies so this was this was there was obviously a lot of lewdness going on here in the case of the children of Israel and the golden calf and the dancing that was associated with that and then Chris mentions and I, I agree another kind of thing uh, in the New Testament, this seems to suggest a lewd, sinful kind of concept. Uh, Matthew 14, verse 6, you remember Herod had married his brother Philip's wife, and her name was Herodias. Uh, and in Matthew 14, verse 6, when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatever she would ask. And we know that she went on to ask for the head of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was beheaded. But the indication of that dancing was that that was also uh, a sort of lewd dance that would please the guest at this drunken feast that Herod was having. So there's a couple of examples that that I think will start us in the direction of answering the question What's wrong with dancing? The kind of dancing we're condemning, not not the not the celebratory dancing of the of, of uh, the 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 women after the after they were delivered from Pharaoh's army, uh, not the celebratory or praise kind of thing that David was doing when he danced before the Ark of the Covenant. We're talking about the kind of dancing they did around the golden calf, the kind of dancing that Herodias's daughter did. What's wrong with that? And how, on what basis would we condemn that? You know, this is prom season. We're going to tell people they can't go to the prom. You're only a senior once, after all. And this is a very special time in a young person's life. And uh, you're, are, are we binding where God hasn't bound when we tell young Christians that they should not be going to the prom? All right. So we've got it both ways here. Sinful dancing and dancing obviously wasn't sinful, even commanded for some, approved in other instances. And even Jesus, by implication, approving of the dancing going on when the prodigal son returned in Luke chapter or Matthew chapter Luke 15 verse 25. So, what do you think? Does that leave us in a quandary? Can we not say that the prom is sinful? That you shouldn't go dancing like that? Well, what do you think? Let us know your thoughts. 
We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College of Church of Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Don't seek to be a people pleaser. Seek to be a God pleaser. One of the biggest lies that Satan tells lost people is that they will be good enough on Judgment Day. Men feel the consequences of sin here, and they will hereafter, too. Man, wish I'd said that. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight, talking about dancing, asking the question, is it appropriate for a Christian to go to the prom? What should we say about that? Let us know your thoughts. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. On the phone tonight, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com or in the chat room tonight as we talk about uh, this important subject. So we've seen examples that were sinful. We've seen examples that clearly were not sinful. So we need to ask, if I'm thinking about this dancing, what would make it sinful? All right. Um I want I want us to start now in in the vein of being very positive. We've suggested we we've sort of been playing both sides against the middle here uh, in regards to you know you you well there's some dancing that is sinful some but we're what, what we're talking about is the kind of dancing that's done at the prom. We're talking about modern dancing, the kind that young people do when they go to school dances, when they go to the prom. Uh, and, and we want to be very definite about that uh, because, you know, we, we do not want to be offering an uncertain sound uh, whereby people can't be sure uh, what to do. I, I knew of a situation uh, at a congregation where the preacher preached on dancing, but he didn't give any firm conclusion and, and pretty much said, well, you're going to have to decide for yourself what you think about this. And I think that's wrong. You, you give that kind of option to young people, and the decision they're going to make is they'll be going. And, and in that case of that congregation that I'm referencing, they all went. They went to the prom. Um, so, I mean, if you if you cannot say definitely, or if you have personal doubts about it, then please keep those to yourself. We don't need you expressing your doubts or uncertainties about important moral issues, like the kind of dancing that takes place at school dances and the prom and so okay. forth. Let's be definite about it. Let's, let, let's, let's be absolutely certain. So why is dancing sinful? I would say that dancing's sinful, not because the Bible says thou shalt not dance, but because the Bible states certain things that are sinful that are synonymous with the with that sort of dancing. Okay. Now, understand, I, I'm not going to keep clarifying this throughout the rest of the program, but understand what we're talking about. When we're, when we're condemning dancing, we're condemning modern social dancing of the kind that takes place when young people go to the school dances and the prom. That's what we're talking about. So don't let anybody 
you know, we're not talking about square dancing. We're yeah. not talking about we're not talking about a uh, you know uh, end zone dance. A guy who dances when he makes a touchdown yeah. and throws the ball down. Although some of that's pretty vulgar too, by yeah, the way. Right. Uh, uh, but we're just we're we're especially t- so I'm not going to clarify what I'm talking about from here on out. We're talking to, everybody knows what kind of dancing we're talking about yeah. when we're talking about sinful dancing. One of the things that makes it sinful is the word revelings. In First Peter chapter four, beginning verse three. Peter says the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that we run not with them to the same excessive riot, speaking evil of you. Okay. Now get this. Peter says, you know, we used to do this stuff. And we, we've wasted we've wasted too much time really doing this. We don't do this now because we're Christians. And people think we're odd because we don't do these sort of things. One of the words he mentions is revelings. Now, hang on to that and go to Galatians 5, verse 19, beginning, where it lists the works of the flesh. It says, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, drunkenness, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. All right, revelings. That's a word that we got to define because that's not a word that we typically use in normal English conversation right. these days. Lydell and Scott say revelings is a jovial festivity with music and dancing, a carousal, merry-making. Well, that sounds like the dance, doesn't it? That sounds like the prom. Uh, Vincent, in his word studies, says festival entertainment that was accompanied by carousing and dancing. I think if we were going to put those definitions in our own words, we would say wild partying. Wild partying. That's what revelings is. Uh, but, But notice as those lexographers are defining it, they always reference dancing in association with that sort of wild partying that's going on. And so revelings is a word that pertains to dancing. Revelings is is condemned in the Bible. Christians can't do any reveling. It's it's a sinful thing. Okay. And dancing fits in that category. And you can inma- you can envision that atmosphere where it's just the, the the music's playing and and inhibitions are being lessened uh, with alcohol or otherwise just by the by the crowd doing something and that and those act, actions go, and thoughts going on that shouldn't in in that reveling environment. Exactly right. So we got reveling. Dancing okay. is reveling. And then of course I think probably the most important words word that that condemns dancing is the word lasciviousness. Yes. And we yes. already read that. It, it it was listed among the it was listed in both those texts that we just read in 1 Peter 4 uh verses three and four lasciviousness is there and in the works of the flesh lasciviousness is one of the works of the flesh and notice that paul says they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of god so lasciviousness is a sin that's going to keep you out of heaven kyle you've been using that word much in your daily speech when's the last time kyle you said lasciviousness yeah uh, the last time I probably read it was I was reading my Bible. As well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, we just don't use it. It's just not a word that we use in normal conversation. Yeah, yeah. 
And therefore, we don't understand its meaning. But if we did understand its meaning, it would help us about a lot of issues that we have to debate about. Here's what lasciviousness means. Vine says it denotes excess, licentiousness, absence of restraint, indecency, wantonness, shameless outrages on public decency. I don't know if that helps us a whole lot, but I tell you this next one does. Thayer, uh, of course, he's a well-known Greek scholar. He says that the word lasciviousness means wanton acts or manners as filthy words. Get this. Indecent bodily movements, unchaste or impure handling of males and females. I'll tell you that last part of that definition by Thayer. Indecent bodily movements and impure handling of males and females. That's defining modern dancing exactly. Right. That's Those two things are exactly what modern dancing is. A lot of indecent body movements and a lot of impure touching. Yes. Uh, uh, Webster says it means simply tending to produce lewd emotions. Yeah. And so it's, it's actions that are intended to excite uh, the carnal passions. That's exactly what lasciviousness is. That's what dancing does. Right. Uh, you know, you can do a lot of research and you can go back. You can go back way back. You, know, you don't even have to talk about modern times. You, uh, uh, Arthur Murray, well, there were all over the country in, in years gone past where Arthur Murray dance studios, where people yeah. le- went to learn how to dance. Arthur Murray was famous. You remember that name? Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, I, surely there are not any Arthur Murray dance studios left in this world, but there were years ago. There were Arthur Murray is out there. You can find quotes from him in which he talks about the fact that dancing is intended to excite the sexual passions, yeah. and and that it that it, it is is designed, intended, and carried out for that purpose. You know, and really, I think the only people who would try to argue against that notion is. Christians who want to justify what they're doing. You know, people of the world admit why they do it. They, yeah. the people of the world would admit why they dance, because they're wanting to excite those sort of feelings. Uh, the only people who would deny that that's a part of what's going on at the dance right. are, are Christians who should know better, but are trying to justify themselves for doing what they know they right. shouldn't be doing. Right. All right. And uh, I've heard it said this way. All right. It's not wrong. You say it's not wrong to dance like this. Well, let's uh, let's stop the music and turn up the lights. And you and that lady or you and that man move like that when the music. Yeah, I've, I've heard that example used before about a man's wife. And so here's here's a man's wife and she's dancing with another man, you know. But it's dancing. You know, it's at the dance. What if you took them out of that environment, put them in a different environment? With no music playing, and they were making those same moves and touching one another in the same way. Would you be happy to have your wife with another man in that in that sort of a setting? Absolutely not. Yeah, and and that really, I think, just logically proves that it is lasciviousness. lasciviousness. Absolutely. All right. Guest seventy sixty seven eighty four says, "Here's an email I received from a friend in our discussion on whether going to the prom is wrong." and the email says, my point would be to condemn the lasciviousness and whatever lust is taking place rather than to condemn the, the function. I don't agree with his line of thinking because that would seem to open the door for a Christian to go anywhere as long as they don't participate in the sin. We're going to talk about that as we get into the end of the program. 
Uh, certainly, I think we're going to find unanimous dissent, uh, unanimous consent on condemning lasciviousness. We just need to have the consent, unanimous consent, that the dancing is part of that lasciviousness. I think it's hard to deny. I just don't know how. I mean, if you're being honest, come on. If you're if you're going to be honest, you have to acknowledge that that's a big part of what's going on. I mean, even at the dance, specifically at the prom, look at the clothes that the girls wear to the prom. They are they they are also lascivious because the whole atmosphere is intended there to excite those passions. Yeah. That's what it's all about, and who who are we trying to kid here to say otherwise? And it's it is ironic that the schools and the parents are the ones that are that are sponsoring these activities, even promoting them. Yeah, uh, it doesn't make sense. You know, if we knew, if we if we really had a grasp for this lasciviousness, its meanings and its application, it would it would certainly. I think it just it completely answers the question about dancing. Yeah. You know, once you get a handle on the meaning of that word. You don't have to talk about dancing anymore. If you're going to avoid lasciviousness, you're not going to you're not going to be at the dance. Yeah. But it would also answer questions about immodest dress. It would answer questions about mixed swimming. It would answer questions about the kind of TV and movie that people watch, the kind of internet sites that they right. frequent. If we got a if we got a handle on that word lasciviousness, we we wouldn't have to talk anymore about. And if we quit putting our head in the sand and start being honest with the facts, and and admit what these things are and what we're doing when we engage in these activities, yeah. uh, we would be a lot closer to being like God, like he wants us to be. Uh, Christians, you can ignore the fact and try and play dumb, but it doesn't change the fact that what you're doing is sinful, and uh, and and you, we need to, well, yeah. face the music, I guess. Yeah. yeah, guest 293 in the chat room says, do not get close to the fire, it will burn you. I think that's really a good observation. You know, uh, there is so much wrong here, and for a person to even contemplate that, you know, as as the illustration, don't get close to the fire, I'm not going to see how close to the fire I can get without being burned. Because the, the real problem with that, of course, is I will never know how close I can get until I actually get burned, right? Right. Uh, and that's the same thing with these kind of sinful temptations. If 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 we toy around with it, you know, and just uh, when we don't give a definite answer, that's wrong. You can't go. No, we won't allow that. If we don't, if if we if we just playing around with it, people won't get burned. Yeah. And and the people of the world, and this is one of those subjects where the people of the world are more honest than Christians to admit why they're doing it. I had a friend who, uh, several years ago, this is when social media was just getting started, had quotes from teenagers thinking about going to their prom and what they were going to do after they got done with the prom. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a big part of it. I mean, I mean, it, I mean the, the statistics about the immoral activity associated with the prom, not just the dancing, right. but the other immoral things that go on, I don't think we have to specify those. I think everybody knows what we're talking about. Right. It's stunning. Yeah, and, and, and the and parents people, are accommodating. And the people of the world are, are honest enough. To, yeah, that's why we're doing it. But yeah. they're saying, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with it. it it's all pure. Well, be honest. Come yeah. on. Yeah, that's it's incredible. Just all incredible. Right. All right. We're going to take a break, get this week's bullet point. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. We'll look forward to hearing from you. 877-381-4567. We're back right after this.
After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. I wasn't ready to do it just yet. I really didn't want to get started at it, but my neighbor had already mowed his grass two times, and my yard was looking pretty shabby. I figured if he mowed a third time before I mowed the first time, I would really be looking bad. So even though I wasn't really in the mood, I got the mower out of the garage and went to work. How often have you been motivated in a similar fashion? Maybe it was at work. Perhaps it was a project or a chore that you really dreaded. But someone else did something that made you realize you needed to get busy. We often talk about peer pressure. Most often we mention it with a negative connotation. In this regard, we are talking about how others can influence us to do evil. We are pressured to talk, act, and dress like worldly people do. There's a great danger in this, and we have rightfully warned about these negative influences. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says evil companions corrupt good morals. But there's a positive side to peer pressure that we might be tempted to overlook. When we're around good people who do good things, we're motivated to follow their examples. We are urged to get busy in the work of the Lord. We are encouraged to live right. We are motivated to imitate them and be like them. This is good and helpful. We are to, quote, exhort one another daily, Hebrews 3, verse 13, and to, quote, consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, Hebrews 10, verse 24. Christian, are you setting a good example for others? Are you motivating them in positive ways? Are you helping your brothers and sisters to be more like God wants them to be? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello, this is Preston Jackson from Valdosta, Georgia, and you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Missed a recent Virtual Bible Study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the Virtual Bible Study. We're back on the program tonight, reminding you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you're listening to us in the podcast, you've never been there. Check it out, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, and... We'll remind you, you can get one of those bumper stickers like Chris in Atlanta. And maybe you're listening to us in Atlanta because you saw Chris in traffic. And you want one of those bumper stickers, too. Yeah. Questions at collegeview.com. Send us an email. And we'll send you one free of charge. All right. So we're talking about what's wrong with dancing, why, how it can be condemned. And Chris in Atlanta sent in this. I thought this was really neat observation Chris made. He says, one observation I read and have noticed is... The examples of dancing that were not sinful, women and men were not dancing together. It was either just women or just men or a single person. I had never noticed that before. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting there. Mm-hmm. He says, what makes dancing sinful is the situation you're in, a wild party, that's reveling, or the manner in which you are dressed immodestly, and the type of contact made with the dance partner. Often it is close and making sexually explicit moves, lascivious or lewd. So uh, he says, modern day dancing usually encompasses all three of these elements. Mm-hmm. Modern dancing can lead to lustful thoughts, sexual immorality, drinking, and other lewd behaviors. I watched about two minutes of Dancing with the Stars on TV, and it was like watching a pornographic movie. The dress was almost non-existent, leaving nothing to the imagination, and the guy was just as bad. Not even going to discuss the moves they were doing. Disgusting. Yep. All right, I think Chris is right on there. And and I think that this this is another argument, Jacob, that we need to make about what's wrong with dancing, and that is the evil fruits that are associated with dancing. Right, right. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, beginning verse 16, Jesus said, You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of, of thorns or figs of thistles? 
Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. And so, Jesus is setting forth a, 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 an established principle there. That good things are bring forth good results, and evil things produce evil results. Well, uh, what are some of the things that dancing promotes? Uh, I'm going to the prom, and I think it's really going to motivate me to study my Bible more. You right. know? I, I'm going to the prom, and uh, I, I, I believe it will really make me a more prayerful person. Right. Uh, I'm going to the prom, and and I think it will give me great opportunities to share the gospel with lost people. No, that's stupidity, right? right. Nobody would say that. Yeah. I'm going to the prom, and after the prom, one of the guys has already lined it out. We've got some booze to drink. I'm going to the prom, and the sexual activity that's associated with the prom is 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 notoriously well known. Yep. Uh, all sorts of immoral behavior is, is is connected with with that sort of dancing. By their fruits, you shall know them. Jesus right. said. Right. Well, what do we know about dancing based upon the fruits? I think that's. Uh, I think it's just too obvious. Yeah, we got to be a fruit tester. We might uh, modern terminology might say, look at the trajectory. Where is this heading? Yeah. What comes from this? Yeah. What's it going to do to me down the road? Uh, certainly. If we would do that, if we'd test the fruit, we'd find out this is something that we need nothing to do with. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the fruits of dancing are evil. Certainly dancing is going to put us in a position of temptation. Yes. You know, uh, unless you're just somebody who is, is blindly trying to justify this activity, any right-thinking person, any person with normally flowing hormones is going to understand right. that Temptation is produced by those kind of activities. Right. Well, what are we supposed to do about temptation? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, I say to you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. You're going to put yourself in a position to commit that sin of looking and yeah. lusting. Right. And Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.22, Flee also youthful lust. Follow after righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, you're supposed to run away from those sort of temptations, not run toward them. Yeah, this isn't the idea of sort of toying around with it, flirting around with the idea. I think I can, I think I can deal with this, and it won't get me in trouble. I'll, I'll, I'll go, and I'll just be careful. No, it's say, it's, he says, run away from it. Don't yeah. get near it. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I think for all those reasons, we would tell young people that dancing is sinful. Um, Again, I don't think we can emphasize too much. There should be no uncertain sound coming from our pulpits, from our Bible classes and the teachers in the Bible classes, from all mature, older Christians trying to help and encourage young Christians, there should be no uncertain sound given. Parents, by all means, parents should not have any trouble telling their young people no. You know, even if we're talking about a high school senior, what, 17, 18-year-old teenager, they're really not fully emotionally and spiritually mature enough to be able to take on such challenges without some help. Right. You know, uh, they're looking for somebody to help them. And, and, and if someone would be strong enough to say, listen, 
that's just wrong, and we know the reasons why it's wrong. Let's talk about it. You know, instead of parents saying, well, I don't want my kid to be different, you know, uh, know, they're only a senior once and they, they gotta have, you know, they gotta, they gotta be able, gotta, gotta give a little leeway here, you know. You give that kind of uncertain sound, then, then those spiritually immature, uh, young people are not going to be able to stand because not only are you not helping them, you're actually hurting their resolve against, if, if my, if my parents said, no, absolutely no. Then I then, then although it's not a question. It's, it's, uh, then I, then I I'm on I'm on solid ground here. I I can just tell people my parents said I can't go, and they've given me that. But if my parents are kind of equivocating about it, you know, and and well, yeah, then I've not given them any solid ground. They're going to be weaker than ever. Yeah, young people need to hear from us all. Dancing is sinful. Don't go. You can't go. It's a sin to go. God is not pleased if you go. It's lasciviousness. It is revelings. And those who commit such things, the works of the flesh, Galatians 5, 19 through 21, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Period. Well, I like what you said there, that the kids are not in a position at that, at that stage of life to make those decisions without some support. And parents are not giving that support. Yeah. All right. I'm really worried about parents who have this idea that they don't want their kids to be different. Yeah. You know, when you read about all the trouble that young people of our day are in, and then you say, I don't want my kids to be different? Are you kidding me? You're, you're you should you should hope your kids are different. You should help them be different, because if they're like the people of the world, they're in big, big trouble. Yeah, and they, and you talk about doing having support, supporting your kids. Why not? Make them be different when you're there to support them. Yeah. Rather than kick when they, you kick them out of the house and they all go off to college or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then it's oh well that you know you haven't had to be different now but now when the when they break out the keg in the dorm room you you can't you got to be different now when uh, they're they're fornicating you're going to have to be different you that you've wasted a good opportunity. Well, you've you've wasted the formative years when you could have taught them that that as the people of God we are necessarily right. different. On simple things like uh, well, you're not going to go to that birthday party on Sunday night cuz we're going to church. Yeah. You know, simple things like that. Right? You know, get them started on it for crying out loud. Yeah, but they, they're going to be weird all their life. Yeah. No better time to start being weird than when they're 6 and 7 years old or 17 or 18 years old. One one more uh, one more argument about dancing that I want to make, and then when we come back from our last break, we're going to talk about how, how we're going to advise our young people. But one of the other things that I think definitely makes dancing wrong is in regards to the influence that a person has. Okay, so you're a Christian, so your example and your influence is to be guarded because you're accountable for that. How what, what you're doing, how you're how you're influencing others to live their lives. Uh, and if you knew a, a person who claimed to be a strong Christian, but you saw them go to the dance, maybe here's a young lady, and she really talks about how much she loves the Lord, but you saw her, and you saw her in a low-cut prom dress, and you saw her go to the prom, you knew what kind of gyrations she was doing on the dance floor with her dance partner. Would you really believe that she's a strong Christian, really devoted right. to the Lord? Yeah. I, I, you know, 
uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Matthew 5.16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. There's just, there's just no doubt about it that as Christians, uh, there's no place for a Christian at the dance. All right. When we get back, we need to then ask the question, how do you advise a young person about dancing and attending the prom? Now, we haven't gotten to the argument yet. Sally says she's going to go to the prom, but she's not, not going to dance. dance yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Jim's going to take her, but we're not going to dance. We're just going to get our picture taken. Right. Uh, we're just going to, you know, there's, they're going to have a nice little party there, but we're not going to dance. What do you, how do you advise Jim and Sally on that quandary? If you haven't signed in the chat room, now's the time. Send us your comments in the chat room. Give us a call, 877-381-4567. We're back and going to the top of the hour right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. I'm Joel Gwynn, and a member of the College View Church of Christ with something for you to think about regarding our children. A survey published in the periodical Pulpit Helps analyzed the question of faithfulness among the children of churchgoers. The results are interesting. It was found that faithfulness in kids was not a function of the size of the congregation, the number of classes and special programs sponsored by the church, the effectiveness of the youth minister. Instead, here is what was discovered. In cases where both parents were faithful and active, 93% of their children remained faithful to their religious training. When only one parent was faithful and active, the percentage dropped to 73%. When parents were only reasonably active, attended services, but that's all, their kids remained faithful only 53% of the time. And finally, when the parents attended the assemblies only infrequently, the children's endured at a mere 6% level. The results of this survey are interesting, but not terribly surprising. We've known all along that people, including children, often learn more from example than from the words they hear. That's why Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5:16. Parents, have you considered applying Jesus' concept right there in your own home? Are you letting your light shine before your kids? Survey results. Our own common sense and the Bible tells us that this is the only hope that we have to bring them up fearing God. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Alcohol is used by more young people in the U.S. than tobacco or illegal drugs. The statistics show that 3.1% of 12 and 13-year-olds, 12.4% of 14 and 15-year-olds, 24.6% of 16 and 17-year-olds, and 48.9% of 18 through 20-year-olds had at least one drink within the last month. By grade level, 72% of students have had alcohol by the end of high school, and 37% of students have had alcohol by 8th grade. That information is via teencentral.net. The Word of God says in Proverbs 23, beginning verse 31, Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program talking about the prom tonight. Now, we, we've talked about dancing. Some dancing sinful, some dancing's not. Clearly, the dancing that goes on at the prom is sinful. No way around that if you're being well, honest. You know, while we're saying it, I don't know anybody that's doing the celebratory dancing of Miriam or David in the Old Testament. You know, so let's just take that off the board, okay? Yeah. And, uh, and that's admit that the the reason why the folks in the world are going to the dance is not because it's some kind of folk dance or some kind of celebratory dance they're going 
or the lewdness. Exactly. And, 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 and Christians are blind if they don't think that. that. Christians are not blind, they, but they they're, know, just, they're just they're, not being honest. They're, they're, they're rationalizing. They're just trying to justify. Okay. All right. Now, so I think those those facts are well established. Now, the young person is feeling the heat. They don't want to be unusual. Everybody's going. This It's built up to be such a, it's such some, like a rite of passage, the prom. I mean, yeah, you've got yeah. to be there. Yeah. yeah. So here's the solution. I'm going to wear modest clothing, and I'm going to go, but I'm not going to dance. What do you think about that? Well, uh, and of course, that's that's not a... Uh, uh, that's not a new argument. That's been around forever. Okay. Uh, and, and, but I think it's still being made. Uh, it's just a social event, and they're going, but they're not going to do the dancing. Uh, what about this? What about these scriptures? I wrote, I wrote down some scriptures here, Jacob, in relationship to that very view. Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with yeah, the unfruitful right. works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That's got to be the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. It, it can... Are are you reproving the unfruitful works of darkness by or, going to the problem? Or are you having fellowship with them? Exactly. First Thessalonians five twenty one and twenty two. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Romans twelve verse nine. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. How can you say you abhor evil if you want to be in the social? Want to be there where all that's taking okay. place? All right. And then Romans 12, verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yep. Uh, you know, are we being, aren't we being transformed, aren't we conforming rather, aren't we conforming rather than being transformed into the kind of people God wants us All to All right, be? let's just put it this way. Let's just, let's break it down like this. You know, this, uh, this homosexual thing's getting a lot of speed, a lot of traction, and, um. There's a big controversy, and we're going to let the homosexuals come to the prom, or are they going to have their own prom? Let's just say they decide they're going to have their own prom. It's the LGBT prom, <laughs> right? Yeah, and you can go to whatever bathroom you want while you're okay, there, by the right. way. Now, now. <laughs> what now, do you think, Kyle? <laughs> all right, now, so, but, 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 but your, your kids want to go, and hey, we're not going to dance with, with them, right? Just going to go. Oh no, that's gross. I wouldn't do. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Why? Why wouldn't you go? Well, well, don't dance. Stay back in the corner. Just go and get your picture but, made. But, but you know that would sort of imply that you uh, agree with that sort of thing. Right. That was that would there would be sort of an implied endorsement, right. wouldn't it? If you went to the LGBT prom, right. then people would think, well, you must go along with that sort of stuff. Right. You must accept that. You must think that's okay. Right. Now, if it would be true of that. Then why isn't it true of this regular prom? Right. Same argument, right? Right. I think exactly right. And and, it, and what it shows is that we've been desensitized, and uh, we have uh, began begun to think that these other sins aren't that bad when they are just as bad in God's eyes. Uh, and it's a scary a situation that we find ourselves in when we're we can see it on the extreme, but we can't see it with the other sins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone suggested to ask yourself some questions. Am I am I sure I will be able to control my thoughts while watching others dance? Good question. Will going make me a light to the world? Matthew five sixteen. 
Will I be exposing the works of darkness? Ephesians 5, verse 11. And then, always a good one, what if the Lord should come while I'm there? Pretty good questions, I think. Yep. Um, and then I read another article. Uh, a fellow was addressing this question. S- children are seniors only once in their lives. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, this guy went, made an ob- interesting observation. The truth of the matter is that high school seniors have an opportunity to do something they will never again have the opportunity to do. They will never again have such a great opportunity to demonstrate that loyalty to Christ is more important than anything else. You're a senior only once, and never again will you be able to show those you know that even the sen- even the senior prom cannot cause you to put yourself in a compromising position. An opportunity to will to this is an opportunity to do the will of God that will never present itself again. Pretty good, you know. Those of us who are well past that age, we can't we can't not go to the prom. Yeah. But the senior can say, "I'm not going." Yeah. Here's a once in a lifetime opportunity to say, "I'm not doing that because I think it's wrong." Now, maybe you know it's such a it's, it, we talked about it being hyped up. Have you ever talked to somebody in their 40s or 50s or 60s even? Who, who, you know, they, as they're looking back on their life and their regrets, told you, you know, I really regret that I didn't go to the prom. Have you ever? No. Uh, it seems like the it seems like the be all and end all at the time, and then as yeah. you say, you know, get 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 away from that by even just a few weeks or months, and yeah. it's absolutely unimportant. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. certainly, it, certainly in the in relationship to years, but I think even in a few. Even a few days, a few weeks later, the significance is completely lost. It doesn't even matter, you know. Yeah. And and we had all this turmoil over something that just a few days later doesn't even matter. Yeah, and yeah, it's just it's it's just it's a shame uh, that we allow the pressures of the world. I mean, we do it in lots of things, and so those of us who are older allow ourselves to be pressured in other things that we just need to step back and look at the big picture. Yeah. Uh, we asked the question, how would you advise young people about dancing, attending the prom? Chris in Atlanta said, avoid it. Not a place for a Christian to be with the alcohol, sex, skimpy clothing, dirty music, and nasty dancing. The Bible warns we are to flee the appearance of evil. By going to the prom, even if you do not dance, you are guilty by association. That's a good expression there, guilty by association, I think. And then we ask, what do you think about the idea of leaving it up to them to decide for themselves on this question? You know, that it, it, it's so amazing to me. I'm not going to leave it up to my child to decide for himself about, you know, playing in the traffic. You know, right. uh, I'm going to insist that he does not play in the traffic, right. you know. No but, power tools for you. Yeah, not, yeah. You're not old enough for the power tools. Yeah. Leave them alone, yeah. So you know, in regards to physical threats of yeah. danger, yeah. we say no. I'm not. Uh, they will do what I say about that. I'm not going to let them get in a dangerous situation physically. Why wouldn't we be even that that much or more so adamant about protecting them spiritually? You know, but so many parents have this idea. Well, I'm just going to leave it up to them. You know, well. If you haven't, if you've, if you've had that lax view all along, maybe if you, if you had trained them diligently from the time they were very young, maybe by the time they're high school seniors, they'll know well enough themselves. You won't have to help them make the decision. But if they can't make the decision, the right decision on their own, 
then you need to help make the right decision that this is not a place for you to be. All right. Well, Chris is not going to be accused of mincing words tonight. Here's what he says. He says, I think that is called lazy parenting. As long as the child is living in my house and their feet scoot up under my table, then I'm responsible for teaching them God's word and restricting or allowing what they can or cannot do. When they are grown and out of my house, then they have to decide what to do with what they were taught. I will always try and teach them, though, regardless of their age. I think Chris is right on. We're on the same page on all of that, Chris. I think your answers are excellent. Uh, Guest in the chat room, uh, guest 648 says in the chat room, the danger of taking the approach of going to the prom but not dancing, to say that that is okay, it, it opens up everything else. Can I then go along with people who are going to snatch purses from women? Uh, who are leaving stores, as long as I go but don't participate, I guess I should be okay by that line of thinking. Well, you know, that's an excellent point because what, we are, what we're teaching the kids then is, well, it's okay to go along with the kids when they go out drinking. It's okay to go along with them when they're... Yeah, the, 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 the kids have got you know several six-packs, and they're going out on a country road to but get But I'm not drunk. going to do it. I'm going, but I'm not drinking. Yeah, they got drugs. I'm going, but I'm not a part of that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, so... At what point do you say no? I'm going to be different. Yeah, you've already you've already started down that road. It's going to be very hard now. Well, he went to you went to me with with me to the prom. Why can't you go with me to go out drinking? Yeah, right. Exactly. What's wrong with you now? So, yeah, we've got to get the kids started early on that. Um, I, I just want to. We're almost out of time. I, I just want to wrap this up with an admin. We've been talking about how young people should view this, but I really want to stress how those of us who are older need to be teaching these principles to our young people. Do not leave this as an uncertain matter. This is definite. There's no doubt about it. You, it's crazy to throw it out there and say, well, you know, maybe, maybe not. You decide for yourself. No, be adamant about this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 8, Paul, you remember in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul was talking about the use of uh, spiritual gifts in the assembly of the church there at Corinth. But he was talking especially about the situation where uh, maybe people would speak in tongues and uh, there would be no interpreter and the message wasn't certain or clear, you know. But here he made an argument there. He said, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? In other words, if you're in a, if you're in a war, you got to know what the tr- the trumpeter has to give this. If he's sounding the charge, it needs to be clear he's saying charge. If he's saying retreat, it needs to be clear he's saying retreat. He can't give a. a somebody, said, what was that? What did that? Did you hear that? What did it mean? You know, you couldn't have that on a battlefront with the trumpeter. He's got to give a certain sound so that the troops know which way to go. And and that principle, I think, is so much needed in the church today. We need people giving a definite, certain sound on these important moral issues. And we are hurting ourselves badly uh, to the extent that we are unwilling to say with absolute conviction and certainty, that is wrong. Dancing is a sin. Do not go to the dance. Drinking alcohol is a sin. Do not drink alcohol at all. Uh, All of this uh, in-between and uncertainty it's just killing us. We're, we're suffering from this badly. And it's, and it's in the family. We need parents who are convicted. I think we have the problem we have is that parents aren't convicted, and it's, it's showing in their children. And their children, if they don't see the conviction, then their children don't have any desire the at chi- all. And the children will take it farther than the farther. parents did. Right. 
We need to remember that God wants us to be different in First Peter chapter one verse fifteen. But as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, "Be ye holy, for I am holy." God expects us to be different than the world around us, and all of the filth that's around us, He wants us to get it, keep it away from us. Yeah. Think about in the Old Testament all the emphasis on the clean and the unclean. And how you had to be careful. You didn't get near that unclean thing. God didn't want you in the camp if you were unclean. We're in an unclean world. We can't allow it to get on us. Exactly right. Good point. First, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. God tells us to come out. Don't go and party along with them. And just try not to get too dirty. No, come out and be separate. Yep. And we need to not be afraid of that. That's exactly. the plight of our children for the rest of their lives. Start understanding that now. Yep, exactly right. And 293 says the big problem today is there are too many uncertain sounds. I think you're right. Okay. Good comments tonight. Uh, appreciate those. Uh, Kyle, any parting comments from you? It was just people talking about it. It's just it's too big of a risk it's just you don't want to part with uh, your children with leaving them with that it's just too big of a decision it may seem trivial but it really is extremely important that you set that uh, tone early in life and help them make that decision i think you're right all right well we're out of time time for us to uh sign off for now uh oh i got one email from keith and we haven't heard from keith in a long time uh keith says it doesn't help that their peers are telling them to come to the prom or they're missing out it is a lot of peer pressure. Exactly, it's certainly a lot of peer pressure. And again, we got to help them overcome that peer pressure. Yeah. Thanks, Keith. Uh, thank you, Keith, for that. All right. What are we talking about next week? I don't know. Somebody tell us. Send us a suggestion, questions at collegeview.com. Send an email for a bumper sticker, questions at collegeview.com. We'll look forward to hearing from you uh, with your suggestions and your request. Yeah, thank you for your time tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Kyle, thanks for being here. And uh, thank you for joining us. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.